Welcome to the Moon Over the Trees Music and Theater Productions podcast, bringing people together through collaboration, creativity, and community all through the arts. Thank you for joining us this week. I'm your host, Maureen Buscarino, and I hope to inspire you and to help you discover amazing music and artists from around the world. I can't wait to introduce you to today's guest. So I do have an announcement about this particular podcast. Um, Originally, when I started this podcast in March or April of this year, um, I wanted it to be um, just all kinds of different musicians from around the world, not just harp, but, um, you know, all our instruments and people in theater and things like that. But um, as it turned out, I have been having so much fun just focusing on harpists that I've decided that this podcast will solely deal with harp and harp-related musicians, composers, uh, performances, um, and things like that. So I am going to be launching a separate podcast where I'll interview people from theater, from rock and roll scene, from rockabilly and all. So I'll announce when that'll come out. Um, My first guest on that will be the amazing Dick Dickerson. This podcast that you're listening to now will be all harp all the time. And then you can just switch over to the other podcast when you want to hear about jazz musicians or um, punk musicians or, you know, different venues um, and, you know, around the world. So that's something super duper exciting that I'm looking forward to as well. My guest today is Scottish harpist, composer, singer, Karina Hewitt. Karina is a skilled and innovative composer and an arranger, having created large-scale commissions, as well as being a music director, a choir director, and she's created a variety of original productions as well. She's widely recognized as one of Scotland's most unique and innovative musicians. Karina is also one of the company directors for Dragon Song Productions, where she composes music for shows geared towards children five years of age and under, working alongside puppeteers. Their production of Moon Dragon was quite the success at the Edinburgh Fringe in 2019. Some of you may also have heard of Usual Suspects, a 22-piece band that Karina helped co-found and direct. So we're all missing live music and theater right now. And speaking of live music, the music you're hearing in the background is one of Karina's compositions, The Gamray Skipper's Doctor. Forgive me for my pronunciation of that. Uh, I'll have the link for that up on the website. We discussed what drew Karina to the harp and composing. Um, the Crummity Harp Village, where she runs a small harp festival for the past 10 years, uh, how music and the musical community are helping people in this difficult time of COVID. I do want to mention that although the Crummity Harp Village is not happening this year, um, it has been going on for the past 10 years, 
Um, it is a wonderful harp gathering that brings harp lessons to the Scottish Highlands. And people come from all over the world to gather and share music on the harp. Um, but although it's not happening this year, we did discuss how the festival came to be. And in lieu of the Carmody Harp Festival, Karina has created a wonderful series of workshops called Harp in Scotland Online. And that's taking place November 13th through 15th on 2020. And you can search for it online. Uh, there's a Facebook group. I believe there's a website that should be up and running soon. The tutors will be Karina Hewitt, Rachel Newt Newton from the west of Scotland, Isabel Pendleberry from Cromarty, and Cheyenne Brown from Alaska, who now resides in the Highlands of Scotland. Karina, thank you so much for taking the time out to chat with me today. It's just so wonderful to see you. I, it's on Zoom, but it's just so wonderful to see you again. I haven't seen you since last summer um, when we met at Somerset Folk Harp Festival. So thank you for being here with me. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here and see you again, Maureen. Really okay. nice. Thank you for asking me. I'd love to ask you about the Cromarty Harp Festival that you've um, been running. We've just had our, well, last year was our 10th uh, Harp Village. And it, it happened, and Cromarty is a really far-flung place in the Highlands. Um, and it was a re, it's rich in, in history. Um, there was a lot of ships that would leave from Cromarty and travel right over to New York, filled with people, also filled with timber and all sorts. And it would also go to Cape Breton. There, there was a load of uh, ships that went off, 39 ships. Is that thirty? Yeah, 39 um, left from Cromarty and then went over to the States or Canada and wow. dropping people in timber. Wow. Um, the, in like in 1760s, 770s, that kind of time. Um, so Cromarty has got a big history. It's got a lovely little port. It's got a beautiful beach and it's not highly populated. So uh, it's quite special going there. And also it's only five miles from the place where I grew up on the Black Isle in the Highlands. So I love going back there. And also the Cromarty Arts Trust was a place that my mum used to manage. It's an arts venue. Uh, that's kind of what she did uh, over the latter part of her life. So she, because I was a harp player, she was always very uh, supportive of starting harp events. So she started the Harp Village. Oh, wow. And... I'm carrying it on. That's wonderful. Yeah. Did, um, did your mom, was she also a musician as well? Yeah, she was a singer and she played guitar and fiddle. Uh, I wrote a tune for her called The Intermediate Fiddler because kind of all through her life she was learning fiddle, but she never quite, she never quite made it to advance. In fact, I'm not even sure she made it to intermediate. Uh, she was a normal uh right-handed like fiddle player like normal and then she broke her wrist so she turned it around and became a left-handed fiddle player wow. um and started again really and then when her wrist uh got better she turned it back <laughs> and she went back to i know and i'm like just pick one way and stick with it mum, will you <laughs> um anyway she was constantly learning uh, she played baran as well you know the kind of sure yeah. um yeah the brand yeah. um and she was a beautiful singer. So she also led choirs as well up in the Highlands. 
so yeah, she was really musical and she was an artist and it's constantly busy, hmm. busy, busy woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and that's how you got involved with, with teaching choir as well? Actually, she got involved with teaching choir because I did. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, I used to, I mean, I, I've always enjoyed singing. I started singing in a band called Bashui when, I don't know, like in the 1990s, um, which really only feels like a decade ago, to be honest, but I know it's not. Um, but once I had started singing in that band and purely I started singing because a festival director, a festival director of Celtic Connections came up to me and said, I really want to put Bashui on the bill, but I need a singer. And I was like, oh, why do you need a singer? Because a singer will bring in more audience. Instrumental bands are not going to bring in as much as having a singer. And I went, oh, okay, I'll sing some songs. <laughs> you know, I'll, all right then. Um, and that's why I started singing. But once I did, um, it was great. I had a lot of feedback from people saying, You're, the way you sing is, is really nice. I like your, it's very informal. It's kind of fun. Um, so I started doing little workshops for folk. Meantime, I'm still going to other people's workshops to learn more about singing and, and teaching in larger groups and whatever. So it just built from kind of mid-90s I started doing workshops. And then uh, I suppose maybe seven or eight years ago, my mum decided that she was going to start a couple of choirs because there was such a such an amount of folk that love singing in groups they love the social aspect they love making beautiful sounds and because in the highlands people are very far flung from each other it is really crucial that they get together and make music or talk or just communicate so she was the one that, that started that kind of thing up there oh, that's so cool. yeah. yeah so we used to we used to trade songs um, I would we'd phone each other every day um, and just sing songs down the phone to each other and then teach each other harmonies and um, and then we'd go off and teach the choirs. <laughs> oh, I've just learned this off my mum, you know, just off the phone there. Oh, neat. Yeah. And you have yeah, recordings of her singing too? Or? I do, oh, yeah. So but she, she never recorded uh, professionally. That was one of her dreams, which uh, we never ever ended up doing which I feel really bad about she died a few years ago I'm um, sorry and yeah she she really wanted to make a proper recording I have some I mean I have lots of recordings but usually they involve a huge amount of gin or wine <laughs> and, and uh, so we're not on our we're not at our best shall we say <laughs> definitely the best on the humor um but Possibly the singing, uh, not not so sure. But yeah, I don't know. I'm maybe going to dig them out, and as, you can do all sorts of things with the recordings nowadays, sure you can, can't you? Yeah, and yeah. You tidy them up, and mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, that'd be so great. Yeah. yeah. So me and my sister and my mum used to sing like uh, like harmony stuff together. Uh, so I've got quite a, quite a lot of that. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful that you have it, and the, all the tunes that she, you know, all the songs that she taught you too yeah that you'd never yeah. know i mean and now the people in the choir know them too which is beautiful yeah it is actually yeah constantly passing it on the thing is it doesn't need to be on a, a competition or an album or anything it's it's 
something like if you're if you pick out a song suddenly it comes to you and you start singing it to your baby you know yeah the last thing at night things like that give the the ultimate comfort um so if if there's a song that i've either arranged or taught somebody or written that that a mother maybe could would take comfort in that would be the biggest joy rather than sticking it on an album in it because you know that's like it's all very well but it's the the human the human thing is more important to me Mm. that's beautiful yeah so a video of you conducting the uh Edinburgh sings oh yeah yeah was that your um yeah is there a history behind that whole project or the well the love music choir is actually a choir of around about 350 people now and they are in they use the usher hall in edinburgh well i say they use they used the usher hall in edinburgh um for oh they've been going for at least five years now as well and my husband david milligan is their piano player and and so the edinburgh sings project was bringing four uh conductors of choirs together and sharing each other's songs with each other and the larger groups so it meant say the choir i was leading Sangstream, they're called they're an edinburgh based choir they were able to go and stand in the usher hall and sing with another 350 people behind them and what it boosted their confidence Mm. uh they met a whole bunch of new friends um, it just opened a whole bunch of doors for people that they hadn't realized were there. Yeah. Um, so that was extremely fun. And mm. I, I totally love that, standing in front of oh, yeah. a huge amount of singers. Because uh, as we were saying earlier, before we started the recording, I just the energy and the, the frequency of sound mm. um, and joy and friendship and love uh, and fun that you get when you are exchanging uh, songs and sound and thoughts and humor, mm. it's immense. It's like it fills your soul. Oh, yeah. Where, whereas I, you don't get that on Zoom. And I doubt I ever will be able to, because I'm not physically there. I can hear them sing, you know, I can hear someone singing on a screen, but that does, it leaves me a bit cold. Mm-hmm. Whereas if someone's standing in the room with me, that will tingle up my spine and you know yeah so that's one of the biggest losses at the moment i would say with coronavirus uh, pandemic just us all being separated from each other so i know for sure that uh, that huge edinburgh sings project uh, was vital to hundreds and hundreds of people myself included yeah um yeah, so the Love Music Choir still runs and they have a choir director called Stephen Deasley and David still plays the piano, but they're doing it all on Zoom at the moment. It's a challenge, so. yeah. It's like you said, it's not the same, but at least they're trying to keep going, which is... Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, most people, most groups are trying to keep going and that lifeline of connection is, is huge. So Absolutely. we don't want to lose that. No, no. And no. even if we're on Zoom, we'll we'll deal with it for now, mm-hmm. because n- hopefully, in the knowledge that we will be able to get back together and at one point and appreciate it even more. Like, who knew that how much you'd appreciate something like just yeah. showing up for choir practice? I mean, yeah, 
I think they're. I mean, they do. They do cake bakes. Like they have. Uh, I can't remember how many times they do it. It's probably probably once a month or something, Aww. where all the bakers in the group. Um, I mean, three hundred and fifty people. That's quite a lot of bakers. <laughs> Um, who can, oh, I got brought my special lemon cake. Aww. And, oh, I've got my upside down mandarin cake and all this kind of stuff. And they all bring all the cakes and then raise money. With any donations, they donate to a charity. Um, so it's just like there's just so much giving and sharing and love in that group. It's very special. Oh, it sounds like a fantastic group. So, and, and I loved watching you conduct um, conduct them because there's so much love in, in how you're conducting them too in the video that you have. And I'll, I'll, I'll put that Thanks. video on in the show notes too, if you don't mind. Oh, okay. So cool. people can yeah. see like just the small, all the smiles on everyone's faces. So, um, and I yeah. know like you, you've just touched people from all over the world through all your music and everything that you do and just like your unique style and your love of everything that you do. So when, if someone else gets something special, then that's really lovely. But that's kind of crucial for me that if I'm just doing things by myself with with no feedback or, or no no collaboration or whatever, then I get quite lost um, because it doesn't feel very special to me. So I, I'm very much of like I'm tr- I'm a perfectionist and I push myself too far all the time because I kind of think, oh, it's never enough. What I'm doing is not enough. I must do more. And I, I, and I, I don't know. I'm still like that now. And I'm, I've been doing this for 30 years. Um, and I'm still like that. I'm still pushing myself far too hard. But, and sometimes it, you'll find there's something that you've done. Uh, you just, you just threw it together and you got, I haven't got enough time to do this properly. I'll just throw it together. And there you are. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that people go, oh. Now that was really special. Hmm. You go, but wait, I, but I haven't worked my, uh, you know, I was going, I don't know if you say this in (laughs) America, but worked my arse off. Um, But I haven't pushed myself to the bone to uh, create this. I just threw that together in a few minutes. Um, It's mostly that stuff that people go, that's what I really love. And and it's when you're more vulnerable, when you're more honest, Mm not trying to be perfect uh you're just real that is when i get the most uh, feedback on the music i've played or what how i've made people feel yeah no yeah. I, I i i totally understand with that whole perfectionism but i and i get to that point where i'm like i, I can't put anything out because it's not going to be perfect and then yeah like i had a friend in berlin he's like i have, I have a project i just want you to play some funky weird harp thing on it just for the heck of it and I'm like okay this was like a month ago and I'm like uh I don't know what you want and then I just came up with something like that's perfect I'm like that was ridiculously easy and like you sure (laughs) and you know are you sure he's like I feel like Brian Wilson with all his harp in my ears and I'm like okay you know so I'm like it wasn't really like to me it was just like a you know a glissando on the harp that I'm like I could just do that while I'm like drinking a pint you know <laughs> so yeah. but um I'm like I just I am I I've, I'm so like not nice to myself sometimes when I'm 
um, I'm so much more encouraging of, of my students and of my friends and all their projects and, yeah, you know, but you're right. Like sometimes when you are the most vulnerable, that's really what speaks to people. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, that, I mean, that's been quite a big learn for me over the last few years. I've, I have been known to be, or I have the reputation of being a very hard teacher and, um, scary. I'm a kind of a scary mm. teacher. People tell me that, and as if, as if that's okay to tell me that. Mm. Actually, that kind of hurts my feelings oh. when someone tells me that. Oh, well, you're so scary. Oh gosh, no, I don't want lessons with you. You're far too scary. And oh my god, mm. I, actually, that does hurt my feelings. <laughs> so I'm saying that out loud now. So all of you people who have said that to me in mm. the past can just stop. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm human and I don't want to I am not a scary person but I did go through a scary period where I was so hard but it wasn't just hard to everybody around me I was being extremely hard to myself and it was through other you know circumstances out with my control but I, I got this kind of hard shell um, to protect me it was very, very hard and, and very heavy to wear. And that's so it, I was being as hard on myself as I was to everybody else. But I've definitely now over the last kind of 10, 15 years, I've softened hugely um, to, to myself, which is helping me be soft to my students and much more. I'm a much nicer person. <laughs> But I, yeah, I, I ended up with a, a really bad reputation for a while of just being a complete bitch. No, oh. that's what I was going to say. Oh, see, that's like, yeah. There we go. I have a whole different um, view of you. Oh, than that's that, nice. So. Good. Good. <laughs> um, but you know, um, and it's funny because when I'm working with students, sometimes I say I'm too nice or I'm too patient, and then I'm like. Like I'm a pushover now, so you know. Mm. Um, so I think there's always that balance between the two, because they yeah, know. Like is. when I get to that point that I'm just like I can't even talk anymore. <laughs> and they know. We're like we're so sorry. I'm like yes, <laughs> like you should be. <laughs> right. So, um, but yeah, I think yeah, that's. I, I completely understand. And I, I, you know, I had plenty of, of uh, teachers that were really challenging and difficult. And, you know, you'd walk in the room and then it was like 10 degrees colder in that room, you know, <laughs> kind of. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's amazing that you can get to that point that you realize, like, wow, you know. But it, w it wasn't doing you a favor being so... You know. Exactly, solid and rigid, yeah. and it must be like this. But it's that uh, also. It's still that going for perfection. Sure, absolutely. And that's I wanted to be the best harpist in the world. I wanted to. Uh, I had so many goals like that, which were impossible to reach. I, I don't want to be the best harp player in the world. There's so ma there's so much room for so many harp players in the world. Mm. We can all join at this huge harp community rather than be the best therefore being extremely judgmental on yourself and everyone else yeah it's just not helpful or healthy mm -hmm. so i'm I, I, I like being softer but i still got 
uh, that kind of drive for perfection like i there's so many projects that i have left they're still there there's i mean i could go back to them lots of like large ensemble uh, commissions pieces that i've never had recorded or anything because they just weren't quite exactly what i wanted and i'm like but what a waste what a waste to have that music just sitting there and not that, yeah. being played that might be something that someone's like that's amazing and you're like but that's not perfect you know yeah. um and, and i think for i don't know about if you feel this way but i know um i think you know sometimes i was comparing myself to other people and saying like well if they're great then i can't be but mm. there's no reason why there's not room for everyone to you know share what they can do in their own way i just want to ask about like storytelling in the harp um, and then your moon moon dragon and moon your dragon. dragon songs that you're working with puppets and yeah well um i mean i don't i tend to just um i'm i'm not a, really a storyteller i'm a like i'll i'll just sing songs and then do a, just chat in between songs that's really all my storytelling the dragon song is a completely different thing it's we've kind of started a production company dragon song productions uk um and we have a website and we have this amazing uh puppet maker called jane and she creates these felt massive felt puppets like they're really huge they're not little guys like they're um the biggest one is about, I think, nearly three feet long. Wow. And and that one's an octopus, and he's got huge legs and things. So um, so she's making the puppets, and then myself and Rachel Huggins uh, write the story, and, well, she writes the story mostly, and I write the songs mostly. Mm. Uh, and it's just, it's a glorious thing. Last year we did Moon Dragon, and uh, Moon Dragon was... Uh, we had 54 shows in the Edinburgh Fringe. Wow. Uh, that was amazing. We sold out. We had to put on more shows mm. because there was no tickets left. Like, really, we hit on something lovely. It was lovely to do. And the audience are all under five. Oh, and it's great. brilliant. Because they're, like, the most honest audience you can get. True, Yeah. They will react immediately and honestly, yep. and you can tell if they're having a good time or not. <laughs> so, and their parents as well were just so happy that their children were interacting, singing. Like we were getting so much feedback on, oh, my child, you know, under one, so like 10 month old um, or something like that hasn't really done you know isn't really interacting with us you know doesn't do anything as yet and then we can get that 10 month old to shake something Aww. and sing and <laughs> you know and jump in time or whatever it's just Aww, crazy neat. stuff so it's really nice so this year we booked up we were booked up for 64 shows with wow. our new uh production of sea dragon oh and wow. all of the sea dragons friends um but of course then immediately cancelled so we are working on that at the moment to try and put it online as a temporary um just small i'm, I'm not sure how we're going to do it we're still working out the details and i'm at the moment writing all the music for that so wow. i've got lots of kiddie songs in my head Aww. at the moment 
but it's just lovely. I, I completely adore working with children and I adore working with Rachel because she's a, she just loves the whole thing. You can tell. So we fire off each other and get really excited. And that's just a, that's a joyous collaboration that I have going. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's really cool. Oh, we have, a, we have a, an under five show and an under one oh. show. <laughs> so we had like Moon Dragon and then Moon Dragon Babies. Oh. And they're just, they, they adore it. And so I, I really, really want to keep that going. I'm not sure how we're going to do it, but we're going to try. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm still running like a choir and I still have, I, at the, that basically has become me making uh, singing videos and then learning how, uh, learning Final Cut Pro, mm -hmm. how to edit and, and then sound design and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm becoming quite a geek um, <laughs> in my spare time. Uh, so and now so I'm editing little videos of myself. So there's four of me. And uh, so we sing all the parts and we, right. I, I mean me. Uh, and then and so that's kind of that's quite fun. Um, and I'm doing some stuff for more vulnerable people in Midlothian, which is in the area where I live now. Um, to try and tap into those people who may not even ever come to a workshop, mm. but um, would maybe watch something at home um, and then something that's relevant to them, either about the area or has been written by someone who lives here. Um, so it has a connection to them somehow. Oh, wow. So that's, uh, I have a project at the moment that's going to last until September doing those videos as well. Wow, is that a, is there a name for that project, or you're just at the moment? It's it's co just called Made in Midlothian, M I M, and uh, they're literally putting together the promo stuff just now. Oh wow! But I will, I will attempt to try and update my website. Yeah, please. At some point. That sounds that sounds wonderful. Um, I should put all this stuff on it. Yeah, please. Yeah. Is is it available um, through like a a public television station or um, is it on just on you know i i reckon it'll probably just all be on youtube okay right, um right. and there'll be links that you could you probably have to buy a ticket to uh, access right but once you have that then you can access it at any point i think it's great that you're reaching out to people like that i know some musicians are going to nursing homes and just playing outside their windows which is yeah you know that's lovely. Yeah. That's a lovely thing to do. I have not done that. No. Um, I, I don't have time to do that as no. well. No, no there's and, so you much. You know, when we, we have our kids at home at the moment, and it's just not, it's really hard. And so I'm neglecting my child, even though I'm with her 24 hours a day. Um, we're hardly, we're not very good at the homeschooling, even though she's now, she's learned how to make mac and cheese. Oh. And she can plant seeds and we're growing vegetables and so she's learning kind of hands-on physical stuff she's she was sewing with her dad the oh. other day because we're making a a frame a, a frame for the vegetables um so she's learning that stuff which is great she's a really good reader mm. so she's piling through books okay oh, so that's something that we've been doing quite a lot of, but ugh, i'm not very good at teaching she'll be fine You'll be fine. I will. will everybody will be, will be okay. Everyone will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just gonna keep saying that. <laughs> no 
hoping it'll sink in at some point. We need our own time as well. (laughs) I mean, that uh, self-care is a really big thing for me um, now, which Mm. that I've started to learn how to self-care. And I wrote a blog on the Trad Music Forum. I should send you a link to that as well. It's a blog on, um, like, we, the body that we are in is the only place we have to live. Mm. So we have to take care of that. Um, and I've gone through quite a few uh, things, physical things, like uh, back operations or whatever in, mm. in my life. So just trying to learn how to use my body well and things I can do to access help. So I put all that online. Um, in a blog just just for other people if they have any issues you know physical or mental issues mm. uh, this was the stuff I have been using to help um, so self-care um, one of the biggest things is actually just learning to enjoy being with yourself mm. which that's the one thing I'm not very good at not even now I am you know, I I can't just sit and read a book. I'm more like, no, I have to get up. I've got lists of things to do. I must keep going, keep going, keep going. And I, I'm just that kind of person. So learning just to take a little bit of time, quiet time, um, not even playing the harp, <laughs> not doing anything. That, whereas I, I thought, oh, I'm sitting by, well, I'll just go and play something or I'll go and write a tune. Mm. Some of that. Because I've got a bunch of, commissions to to write as soon as lockdown happened i kind of went into overdrive going i must earn money all my work is gone Mm. what will i do i will and i write lots of tunes like i'm constantly writing things so i just sent i just put a thing on facebook saying i'm gonna if you want to commission me to write something please do Mm. and of course i got inundated with (laughs) commissions which i it's like, oh, goodness, I haven't got enough time now to do all these commissions. But I will. But just that kind of self-care, sitting down and doing nothing, I go, no, 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 I'll go, I'll go and write a tune. Play. Keep playing. Keep practicing. Yeah. As if I'm chasing something which doesn't exist. No, I, Self-care. Yeah. Being by yourself. You know, when I first started meditating, I'm like, I can't take five minutes to do this. That's ridiculous. I have things to do, you know, and I'm like, it's just five minutes or then now it's just like 20 minutes of just, you know, do you do 20 minutes of meditating? Yeah. I'll I'll journal and then I'll meditate. Um, Oh, are you like using the artist's way or just a, I have done done, um, artist way, but then um, now I just do like a free write journal. Mm -hmm. And then I was taking um, like the online classes with Sharon Salzberg, who wrote a book called The Art of Happiness, and she's just fantastic. Um, And then she has, like, a bunch of free things that you can try. And then then I have this app called Calm. um, And then they they have, like, a meditation, like, every day. So for for me, just if I can just journal and get things out of my head and then take that 10, 20 minutes to just Mm. start my day, then that's a huge help. Um, Yeah. But in the beginning, like two minutes, five minutes, I was just like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I can't do this. So, yeah. yeah, looking at my journals from the beginning to now, it's it's like, well, now I more time for myself, and it helps me get everything else done. So if I can take that 15 minutes or whatever, then I can, I'm clearer to get everything else done 
yeah, in a the more rest efficient of the day way. is yeah more productive exactly yeah but so you allow yourself that's really good that's fantastic have you used have you tried um, the tapping solution the I've they heard have about a, it has an app I haven't tried that no I find uh, tapping is really really good I'll try that really good now um so that's the kind of that's my main meditation but I've been doing a Deepak Chopra oh uh, sure yeah I've tried them too Oh, All yeah. right. Like the 21 okay, day well. meditation courses. Yeah, I've done those. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've those just are great. finished 21 days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Abundance. Yes. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it's uh, just little things like that. It is helping. I mean, gosh, we need so much support. Mm-hmm. And normally I would be accessing that from outside or from friends or whatever or changing my surroundings to stop myself thinking about sure things yeah and we can't do any of that so no. in fact even the, all our buses have stopped can't oh, even wow. get a bus to anywhere oh. <laughs> we really are stuck <laughs> <laughs> no that's it's good though because I think this this for us as a generation learning mm. how to be more self-reliant yeah. self-sufficient grow your own food yeah. Learn how to bake and yeah. cook. Yeah. Um, all of these things that our generations before totally had their head around. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, in came the takeaway foods and, and microwave dishes and stuff. Yeah. People lost the art of looking after themselves. Sure. I know. Like, I have so many friends that are baking bread now, and they're like, look at this. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's And that's yeah. therapeutic just to, like, knead the dough. and um, and I know. And we talk to our sourdough starter oh. every day. <laughs> You're supposed to. It's supposed to <laughs> make it work better. <laughs> yes. So as I'm feeding it, it's flour and water. Her name's Tartar. Oh. S-Tartar. Oh, that's yes. cute. Yes. How's Miss Tartar doing today? Oh, she's fine, <laughs> bubbling away. So, yeah. Oh, wonderful. Oh, and then you have the garden too that you guys are doing. That's, that's so we nice. We do. We have a garden. We've got veggies and we look out onto another field and then over through some woods and then uh, further away in the distance is the Pentland Hills. So, wow. Yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. We lived in, there's a place called Pathhead. And it's just south of Edinburgh, um, about uh, 10 miles from Edinburgh. Uh, And there are, I think, 18 professional musicians now that live in this village. It's really great. It's full of artists and writers and and musicians, composers, songwriters. So it's it's a lovely place to be. So we have uh, we've had a clap every Thursday at eight o'clock for the nhs oh have you we we did that seven uh seven o'clock mainly in like new york city i mean we're a little far away from from people like we could go outside and do it but new york city like seven o'clock um everyone does that and then all the broadway stars will pop out of their window and like sing a song for for people like for the um healthcare (laughs) workers so it's right yeah we're not quite the broadway stars thing oh no but we all kind of, you know, drag our instruments oh, to the A68, nice. which is the main road through the village. Yeah, yeah. And uh, definitely, there's a guy called Martin Green. He's um, an accordion player. Uh, he, he would play Kaylee tunes and Kaylee dance up and down the main road. Mm. Oh, that's so oh. great. Yeah. Although they've told us to stop 
clapping now for the NHS because they don't want clapped. They want support. They want government support. Mm. They don't, you know. But musicians, this so, is what we do. We play well, music yes, and, and it turns out this it, way. the rest of the village actually do want it to continue because it, it was a connection for them, yeah. which they started to look forward to. And they could look out their windows and see their neighbours mm. and know that everyone was just basically check on everyone being okay. Yeah. So I think we're going to keep on with that. Oh, good. Yeah. I'd love to see a video of that. If I don't know if you... If there's one like well, we up there. Uh, I bet you could... Yeah, I'm sure I can find one um, of Tom Bancroft. He's uh, one of the drummers that lives in Pathhead. He set himself up on an island in the middle of the A68, you know, where they... <laughs> yeah. Like, where there's drums. Oh, wow. Awesome. We're doing things that we'd never think of doing otherwise. Honestly. Yeah, definitely. It's bringing out the best in a lot of us. I think so. Wondering, like, just how, how did you become, like, interested in in the harp we i i saw uh, a woman play the lever harp in a youth hostel on oh. the isle of sky oh wow and i was playing fiddle and piano at the time but um when i saw her basically our holidays we never went abroad we ne- we didn't really go on holidays but there was one year we decided we'd uh, go in with another family to the Isle of Skye and just stay in a youth hostel for a few days Um, there was four kids and then the adults so they just had a really fine time and so did we out and about climbing hills or whatever Um, and this woman was sitting in the corner playing this wee harp and I'd never seen one before Uh, I'd never seen pedal harp never even thought about harp but I was majorly into Leonard Bernstein thought he was the coolest thing I loved everything he wrote everything he arranged his conducting style I was a big fan and then when I heard the harp I'm like, oh that so you could play so basically this woman I, I went up and said is that is it like a piano and she said yeah it is yeah you know do you want to have a wee go and I just immediately played like some kind of fancy chord that I would have played on the piano, like on the harp. It's like, oh, it's just there. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, you're, yes, you're, you've got natural talent there. Yes, mm. you should be playing the harp. And and so she said, I'll teach you. Ah. I'll teach you for a bit. And my mum and dad went, no, we have no money. We, we can't afford to do that. Um, and, and we were getting school lessons, like school fiddle lessons and school piano lessons. And she said, oh, no, no, you... You must, you must let her learn. So she taught me for free. Wow. Um, and it was like, I just went for, I think maybe a lesson once every two or three weeks. We would drive to her house. Um, and then her husband ended up making me a harp. Wow. Uh, which was amazing for, I mean, it lasted for, I think, about a year before it imploded. Mm. Um anyway poor thing it was pretty hellish harp but you know it did for a time and then I started hiring from the Clarsac Society which is uh, the big Clarsac Society in the UK hiring out harps for a very reasonable price by this time though um, 
the teacher, her name was Christine Martin, and she actually now is the publisher, Tyna Chade Publishers. She publishes all the Scottish music, all the Scottish mm-hmm. grades, books. Um, her website is scotlandsmusic.com. Uh, and she published my first book, the um, whatever it's called, Harp or something. I can't remember <laughs> what my book's called. Harp, something like that. Um, so she published that as well. Um, so that was what she's gone on to do. And she's a major publisher and has got d- distribution across the world, which is fabulous. But she was the one that got me started and she didn't charge. Wow. And I'm forever grateful to Christine Martin for doing that. Because I wouldn't ever have dreamed of playing this instrument unless I had had access to something that I could afford, you know, or free. Yeah. Um, and it, that was it. So she taught me for about a year's worth of time um, until, and then she said, well, you know as much as I know. That's it. I, I can't really teach you anymore. So I just taught myself. Then for maybe three or four years until and I got into the art, the Royal Scottish Academy of Music and Drama in Glasgow on potential. Mm. I got a scholarship on potential to learn pedal harp. Mm. I didn't go there to study music. I went there to study drama. Um, that was my big love. And I was 17 um, when I left school. So I was too young for the drama course. So I said, okay, I'll come back in a year. And they went, well, no, 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 go upstairs. Why don't you go up to the music department and then we'll see you in a year. <laughs> Which is, so I went upstairs to the music department and they went, oh, yes, right, we'll get the harp teacher in, who was Sanchia Pilu, who was like the BBC harpist for over 50 years. She's an amazing player uh, with a, a huge... Um, heritage of harping she's an amazing woman so she taught me pedal harp for a year wow. which was kind of desperate she was she used to ping my thumbs with her pencil because they <laughs> stuck up <laughs> but I'd literally I'd had a year of lessons with wow. a, a woman who actually Christine Martin's a fiddler more than a harper so and that was all I'd had. So going into this college to study a degree on pedal harp, mm-hmm. having had that little amount of lessons, I thought at the time, oh, I'm just terrible. But actually, I look back and go, I must have done pretty well to get in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would give myself such a hard time for not being the best pedal harper ever. And I was like, oh, darn it. Anyway, I completely flunked that course. Mm. I got an A in my performance and a D in my history, and they told me to go away and uh, take a year out, study my history. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I just want to play. <laughs> so, I, I, so I did. I took a year out and I did other things for a bit um, and then found a course in Leeds, which was studying. Uh, so it was a jazz degree. Uh, and I thought that'll be much more fun. So I went down and I studied jazz on the pedal harp mm. uh, for three years Wow! and did that and at the same time studied lever harp and my teacher was Mary Nahasik the yeah, sure. Irish harper who plays with Chris Newman mm. and she was an amazing teacher she she kind of 
taught me how to teach myself mm. for the long haul. She gave me so many tips that I still remember today and use every day and teach my students as well. You know, just fingering and stamina and uh, patience. Um, oh, there's just so much stuff. She was amazing. So that was enormous for me. Um, and of course, once I studied, so I had my degree in the pedal harp. I moved back to Edinburgh and went, I'm not afford a pedal harp. So I play lever harp. I mean, jazz on the pedal harp, there's people that do that well. And I don't need to be that jazz harpist. I would rather be a traditional harpist and uh, play you know, like more traditional music, but using some jazz harmony and rhythms and sounds. There's, there's a whole bunch of players out there now who are doing traditional music with other influences and it's really exciting mm. it's really extremely exciting yeah so yeah the tradition is it's so alive it's not a stagnant yeah. thing at all that's it it was what's his name martin hayes one mm. of my favorite oh, yeah. fiddlers his uh, saying which i i hold dearly the best of the tradition is yet to come mm. yeah. yeah we're always you know we're studying traditional music like, cause I I teach at the I now teach in the place that I had to leave, <laughs> um, and it's not called the RSAMD anymore. It's called the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland, mm. um, and they have a B Muz course and a Master's course in traditional music. So I'm uh, one. Of, I'm the tutor there on this on the lever harp, along with another tutor called Heather Downey, uh, and we like teaching the tradition. We've such a broken tradition in Scotland. It's you know we we didn't go and write it all down. We don't have the bunting collection to go and refer to. It's it's so it's bitty. It's just so also bitty. Um, so in a way, the Scottish tradition is being shaped by all those players who are adding to it even now. So it's yeah, yeah. the best of the tradition is yet to come. Uh, and I, I love these books. Like I, I just the, your graded books for the Scottish graded exams on the harp, and I'm like, oh, this is like a treasure. Yeah, there's so many collections of Scottish tunes. Yeah, there really is. Like, uh, really extraordinary collections, like the Athol collection, and the uh, there's obviously Jane Scott Skinner collection, and Neil Gow, and we have this, so many rich writers and uh, players of traditional music over the centuries and so having all of those tunes in one place rather they're not arranged as such they're all just tunes so that gives you a free reign to do whatever you like with them really mm. that's what i think yeah and then you yeah. won the scott trad music awards for um oh, teaching, for uh, teaching the yeah. <laughs> that's great oh uh. i know but i See, again, giving myself a really hard time. The band, because I um, founded this band called The Unusual Suspects, which was like a, well, it started off as a 36-piece. Wow. And then we we whittled it down as we realized, oh, my goodness, we can't tour with that many people. Um, so we got it down to 22, and then, then we would end up touring with either 22 or 17 sometimes. Mm. Um, but we'd have a horn section and fiddles and pipes and drums and like a rhythm, a proper rhythm section. 
Um, because the unusual suspects, we were up for a live act of the year. Oh, okay. We were nominated for that. That was really exciting. And I had been nominated also for instrumentalist of the year, which oh, I was so I really, really would have loved that. But then I won tutor of the year. I was like, and I gave myself a hard time for for no, winning tutor of the year I because I hadn't won. Do you know what I mean? But but I'm very very grateful to everyone who voted for me in that because I remember I think I'd come back from the from OSAS. I'd also gone and taught in was what did I do Somerset that year or Common Ground on the Hill Festival as well yeah. in Maryland and oh sorry. Merland. <laughs> I would go, oh, I'm in Maryland. They'd go, <laughs> Merland. Like, what are you talking about? Anyway, um, so I know that there was a bunch of people in America who voted for me uh, that helped, I think, swing it for me that year. I've been commissioned, I've written about 18 large commissions, like much larger pieces. So, say, 40, 50 minutes long for many instruments. And I'm trying to record them. I'm well. I'm what I, I think that's what I'd like to do. I'd like to put together this music so that people can hear it again, because they were commissioned like years and years ago. Um, so I'm going to try and do that. And I think I might like put together a crowdfunder or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Um, but then you go. Oh, but wait a minute, because I do want to do. I get really hassled about having not recorded a harp and voice album, but I've never really, I've never done one which had all songs and harp. Oh, yeah. Because I tend to think of myself as a harp player rather than a singer. So then I'm thinking, well, I should crowdfund that because I think some people might want to pay in advance for that. I think they would want to support that. Yeah. Do it. But then... I've got this tune book, which I've written over a hundred, like just tunes, tune tunes. Mm. Um, and I want to put out a tune book, like the collections that Scotland has for, you know, fiddles and whatever. Yeah. I'd really like just a harp tune book. Well, not just for harp, though. Any instrument can play it. Of your tunes only? or uh, yes. of Oh, good, yeah. Either that or possibly a couple of trad ones, which I've totally changed. So they're still trad. Mm. I still think of them as trad, but they've definitely been changed and screwed up and <laughs> discombobulated and put back together again. Mm. Um, so I'd like maybe some of them in as well. Oh. But that would be like, you know, at least 100, maybe 120 tunes in this book. I think people would love to hear you singing and playing your harp on an album. Yeah, the, the biggest complaint I get is, why haven't I got a, a song album? I think people just love singing. Like you with yeah. your choirs, they love singing. Yeah, and and see how you accompany yourself because that's a whole other thing accompanying yourself, too. So, yeah, it is. I suppose I never really wanted to be a a singer, like a, a harpist who sang, hmm. because you get a oh, it's Mary O'Hara type of stuff, hmm. and that whole I took my harp to a party. And nobody asked me to play <laughs> that kind of stuff. And I just, I rejected all that. I really didn't want to be that. And that's, and I went through the jazz route to to make sure I definitely wasn't that type of player. Um, 
when actually well I just I, I mean it's fine I don't have that kind of voice I've got a much lower voice anyway so I can't do that whole operatic no but that's not what you need to do classical but that's what I think I just saw singing and harp to be that right and so I rejected it and therefore decided I would never record Hmm. singing and harp and I I did a whole you know a solo harp album and I really should have been singing on that album but I, I, I stuck. I just got a bit grumpy, I suppose, and went, "No, it's just going to be harp." But now you now you know people have been asking for it. So if people have been asking for it, like, yeah. and that's just the people asking you. How many other people yeah. really want to hear it who haven't said it to you? I know, but there's living loads of harp players and singers out there. Yeah, just but they're not you. Another though. one. You need another one. But that, remember, it, go, it like goes back to that whole thing of like, if everybody shines, then everybody should shine. That's true. So that's right. That's totally right. Yeah. So there you go. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Every day's a learning. Every blooming moment's a learning Seriously. moment now. Wow. Oh my gosh. Oof. Where can everybody find you? KarinaHewitt.com and then your band camp. And you have yeah, your YouTube is, channel. Yeah, it's all just Karina Hewitt. Everything's Karina Hewitt. Thank you again for, for taking the time out and chatting with me. And I really appreciate it. So. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. Aww, I really appreciate you. your just thinking of me and uh, and asking me. That's, Aww, that means a lot. Thanks for listening to Moon Over the Trees Music and Theater Productions podcast. Dive into the show notes at moonoverthetrees.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast. 